everyone, and welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Uh, we missed a week. It happens. Life gets in the way, but we're back. We're back with a vengeance. We're back. And just in time because, yeah, there's just, Andy, there is an onslaught of new shows. Just, yeah. it, it's like a cascade. It just doesn't stop. Yeah, you we know knew it was right? coming. We knew the tidal wave of content was coming, and it's like, it's here Diane and I were just discussing what we are at, what we want to talk about today. And there's just so many shows that we obviously can't talk about them all, but we're doing our best to keep up and we're trying to cover, cover the highlights. And, and we're just covering highlights of scripted programming because yeah. I'm the Bravo addict. Andy is not. So there, there might be some separate episodes just about Bravo. So, and by the way, for my fellow Bravo-holics, there's been a streaming change. Bravo shows are now on Peacock, not Hulu. So if you're looking for your favorite show on streaming, uh, go to Peacock. That's anyway. a big win for Peacock. Oh, well, it's called Synergy. You know, you want to keep all your all your produced programming in-house. Sure. Keep everything under the umbrella. They got to drive those subscriptions. Yeah. So very yeah, Peacock, Peacock is ascendant. And good news on the renewal fronts, too. HBO Max ordered a second season of Julia, which is, I think the finale is dropping, has dropped this week. And it's, gosh, just a lovely show. I'm just going to say it again. It's a lovely show. And if you haven't watched it yet, get into it because you can't know enough about Julia Child. It's a wonderful story. And Apple TV Plus ordered a second season of Pachinko. Andy and I are going to talk about that finale next week. But boy, it was lovely because you got to meet Andy. Sorry, spoiler alert. You got to meet some of the real Korean women. Who oh, that's amazing. I heard a little bit about that. My mom was telling me, actually. And um, yeah. I, I've heard, I, I'm really I, I'm ready. You know, this, this is a show that I love to watch a couple, two, three episodes at a time because you just get into this world that is so riveted. It's so rich and and just um beautiful. nice to submerge yourself in it yeah. and just be immersed in the stories it's really really wonderful and the other thing i've been doing is i've been watching you know this is us from nbc's this is us from the beginning and that show is winding down there's only a few episodes left the finale airs may 24th and god damn it those people make you cry every single ask, week are you a crier when you watch it you know andy i'm kind of an easy crier you know, especially, I am, well, you know, I, unfortunately, I, I lost my mom like 10 years ago. And, you know, any stories about moms just get to me, you know, and we're recording this a couple of days before Mother's Day, which yeah. is always this week is always rough. So, yes, I am a crier. I'm just going to wear the badge. Proudly. <laughs> what can I do? No shame. Yeah. Um, are we excited for Angeline? I am. You know, I've had a fascination with her ever since I moved to LA, and I'm curious to see how this show is. It's hard not to when you've lived in LA and you've seen, or if you've spotted the pink Corvette somewhere, yeah. or seen her somewhere. And I, mean, I loved of, back in the day when she had the actual billboards up around the yes. city. They were so iconic. And for a while, you could not avoid them. They 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 yeah. seem to be everywhere. And what I like, I've actually dipped into those screeners. So oh, they tell cool. you the story of how it happened. And I have to say, I really admire Emmy Rossum tackling the role because 
Right. Who would you Love think? Uh, she's not someone I would normally think of and say, oh, yeah, she'd be great for Angeline. I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, it's interesting. I think you're going to enjoy it, Andy. Sounds I do. Um, that's going to drop a little later this month on Peacock. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I don't have the exact drop date. Um, and in a small uh, turn of events, because there is so much coming this month, Hulu is going to do a five-night event with their show Candy, which is another Lady Gets Murdered story. Oh. It stars Jessica Beale and Melanie Linsky. And instead of just dropping episodes weekly, they're going to do a five-night event, May 9th to the 14th on Hulu. Interesting. And I know. I'm just curious. Like, I'm wondering, do we think this will get people like to remember yeah, how to release TV. And we, we have talked about our mutual love for Melanie Linsky. So that'll I think, be... you know what? I think it's a universal love. I think everybody right. should it, we are not unique in the world in our love for Melanie Linsky. And she's finally getting overdue praise and attention and, and all of that. And I'm really curious to see, you know, if Hulu releases any stats because this is actually, again, a throwback to an old model of wine broadcast network television, you know, aired a mini series and they would do it for maybe four or five nights in a row. And like Lifetime still does it every now and then with some series, they'll do two night events or three night events. So I think it's really interesting that Hulu is trying this props to them. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, sort I, of like hybrid between binge and, you know, releasing, you know, per week and, you know, whether people want to sit at home five nights in a row and watch. I mean, but if it's really a compelling show, people get into these, you know, these true crime shows can be absolutely addictive. So I could see I could see wanting to, you know, spend some time in the evenings watching a exactly. show. It's, you know, they're basically hour long episodes. So uh, on a lighter note, on a non murdery note, <laughs> Andy, we have to talk about Heartstopper. Yeah, we're going from the opposite of murdery. We're going all the way to the other end of the feeling spectrum into just absolute delight and joy and, and just what a sweet, sweet show. And, and just so many good, positive, beautiful things in this show without hammering you over the head. Yeah. It's just a really wonderful story. It's an adaptation yeah. of Alice Osman's graphic novel. And I believe she also wrote the scripts for this series and it's, I mean, it just does your heart good to watch it. Yeah, and, it's a beautiful show about uh, an English. Are they in junior high or, or high school? I think they're, I think they're in, they're like fifteen, so they're in yeah, high I think they're like young high school, and and two boys that become friends, and one is gay and out, and has dealt with some real bullying, and had gone through some real difficult stuff because he's been out, and the other is you know, not sure. And I love, I love the portrayal of the kid that's not quite sure. He's fine. This, he finds, you know, he's very, does he find, he, he really wants to be friends with this gay kid and he treats him like a full human and doesn't judge him and isn't paranoid about see, being seen around with him. He's very confident about his desire to befriend him, but I don't think he really, you know, as the show goes on, he sort of works on figuring out a little bit about who he is and what his, you know, level of, you know, kind of where his sexuality falls on the spectrum. You know, and Nick is also a rugby player. So his rugby mates are 
you know, there's a bunch of teenage lunkheads in there who are yeah. not the most refined guys. No. And the thing about as Nick realizes that he's glad to have Charlie as a friend, and then he slowly starts to realize that he might have like more than friend feelings for Charlie. And he starts like he starts Googling things like bisexuality. Right. And he starts to he starts to just try to learn about what he's feeling. And it's done in such an honest, lovely way. And all I could think was, oh my God, if I were a young person watching this, I would so appreciate this, that I would feel seen and I would feel cared for. And I think that's a yeah. It's what's so cool about, it's very nuanced. It's not like, I don't, it's not looking at these characters in black and white. It's acknowledging that sexuality is on a spectrum and we all have to learn that. And I mean, exactly. that's something that is never portrayed in men in, in, you know, much of anything. It's either you're this or you're that, you're gay or straight. And I liked that portrayal of, you know, bisexuality I thought was really cool. And um, I, I, I was like waiting for them to give Olivia Coleman something to do. And then they did. They did. I was like, we've got, we got Oscar yes. winner Olivia Coleman here. What's happening? And then they cut. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't do very much for a long time. But um, messes up the joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real, just, just sweet, sweet, sweet. Love, lovely show. Yeah. And the episodes are around like 20, 25 minutes a piece. And they are just. Wow, I can't, I cannot rave about this show enough. Well, and just for a while there. Go ahead. Yeah, for that, go ahead. No, you just the first. fact that shows like this are getting made is a freaking miracle. Like I didn't have anything even close to this ever, you know, until I was like maybe in high school and older. And the fact that kids have shows like this, and there's other stuff in it. There's a, you know, a trans kid, and there's you know some other you know issues that, that just complicated you know, complicated lives and nuanced people and personalities and it's so cool that kids get this to like pull from and not be you know thinking they have to be this or that it's it's very it's there's a spectrum for all these things and they have, they have a lesbian couple and one right. of the girls is openly out and she's fine and the other girl her girlfriend you know is still kind of coming to terms with how to be out yeah and how she is being out and that's also it's written so beautifully and um it's sensitive and it's considerate and there's so much empathy which is what really gets me yeah. so like when when these kids hurt you hurt you know you you really feel for them and it's very special and this is when you remember the power of the medium and the power that a story oh, can so true. That's so true. The power of storytelling. It's yeah. It just gives you. And it seems so simple, but it's hard to do. So all the props for the folks. Yeah, and I just I, I have to call out if you liked this, if you liked Heartstopper, please check out Love Simon. Love Simon is a show that you know. I think it's 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 gotten some attention, and it's on. It's the third season is coming out this month, I think. Third and final season. On Hulu. Yeah, on Hulu, and it is such a brilliant, brilliant show. It's a little bit of a more Disney-fied kind of version of the story, and um, a little bit more soap opera-y, and more about the adults and the parents. And it's not. It's it's got similar vibes, but probably more tension. 
Um, but just another really great show to check out if, if you like Heartstopper or love Simon. Good to know. Good to know. Um, moving right along. I have been watching. Oh, oh, Andy, we have to talk about Russian Doll. Oh, my God. Russian Doll. Because, I mean, okay. Andy and I both loved it. Okay. Both loved it. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. End Andy. of discussion. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to go first. Yes. Because, Please. you know, the wonder that is Natasha Leone who I admire in about a thousand different ways. There's nothing like an Ashley owned press tour, first of all, because her wardrobe alone, like kills me every time. The combination of the masculine and feminine energy is unbelievable, coupled with that unique voice, the voice of a thousand cigarettes. <laughs> and um, even though this season, like confused me to no end, especially when time was folding back on itself. I kept watching because it's still really, really watchable. And I was really thankful that the episodes were like about a half hour because somehow it just made it easier to consume like in those bites. Um, there's still so much emotion and heart in this show. So that those are all many, many things I loved. Andy, tell me, how did you react when you when you watched it all? Yeah, I, 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 it hooked me in right away, just like the first season. I loved how in this season she's uh, time traveling and, um, and she ends up really going back into the life of her mother and uh, played by Chloe Sevigny, who's always interesting, although she does not have a whole lot to do in the show. And then going even back to like her grandparents and looking at some of the generational trauma that her family went through. So she's basically chasing um, money, basically, that got lost throughout family the fortune. The family fortune, which somehow got dispersed. Which leads, her to, which leads her to Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And really, what season is complete without Nazis, Andy? <laughs> who knew, who knew we were going right. to get Nazis in, in Russian doll? <laughs> incredible yeah, I, so, yeah I, a lot of time I, travel I, I found it i didn't find it terribly hard to follow but i thought the last maybe two episodes like really jammed in a lot in terms of like wrapping the story up in a very fast way so that's maybe the only criticism i have for it but and i love charlie bartlett deeply so he's how can we not? He's, He's really, really wonderful. Beautiful man and so wonderful. Yeah. And I loved that his character years ago was a woman. That was a great, great thing. I really love that. Oh, so cool. Um, it's so, I, I mean, it's so cool because we loved these characters in season one. And then we get to go see how they became who they are by meeting their families and seeing their, you know, kind of heritage. And it's, it was very unexpected and cool. We are all echoes of the past. Um, just I mean, takes turning You know, we think we got control over our lives and our days and all that, but truthfully, we are just products of the past. That is so true. <laughs> We're twisting in the wind. Doing our best. And speaking of twisting in the wind, Andy and I are also watching The Flight Attendant. And um, I have mixed feelings about this season, even though I'm, I'm in for the run of it. And I know everyone's been obsessing about the fact that they worked with the folks from Orphan Black on the multiple Cassies that we're seeing. 
Andy, I think my problem is that I'm feeling like Cassie's a little one note this season, and I'm more interested in Zosha Mamet's character. Is that wrong? No, I mean, Zosha Mamet's character has got some amazing, amazing stuff to do this season. Definitely. Um, like, you know, we both talked about the scene of her bombing a job interview is just... It's I really like, enjoyed that. It's so I thought that funny. was one of the best comedy scenes I've seen in a yeah. while. You know, it's interesting that it's interesting that you say the that Cassie's character is a bit one note because they have divided up her kind of personalities into th at least three, maybe more, um, sort of subsets and and you know different. And so they'll have multiple of her on screen portraying different versions of her. But you know, ultimately, maybe we just kind of wanted to see what the actual. Uh, the actual character itself was doing like how Cassie herself is advancing and moving along instead of seeing it portrayed through three different Cassies. So I don't know. It was, a, it's an interesting take that they did. And I'm, I'm also in, I will watch it and I like it and I'm really enjoying it, but I'm, I'm yeah. not quite sure where, how I feel about it overall yet. I think it's more that Cassie is always so manic and let's just say original Cassie, yeah. like original you know, even when she's traveling, she's always just so manically trying to figure things out or the the trying not to drink. What I do love is that, you know, Annie and Max have been brought into the plot in a major way, you know, when they get tied up for a while. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. Uh, I also love, you know, we're seeing Michelle Gomez's uh, assassin character again, which is She's fantastic. I adore her. And I also, I love Mae Martin's character. Mae Martin is the short kind of white blonde character, character white blonde woman. She's great. I don't really know what she's up to. Yeah, but I, can't, I, I can't feel her out yet. Um, just interesting note that I um, saw an interview with uh, Kaylee Cuoco and she handpicked Mae Martin for that role. And yeah, it was really, or listened to an interview. Yeah, she basically told the creator, this is who I think it needs to be. And they went with Mae Martin. And I thought that was I think there's just a nice air of mystery about her and her there performance is, is yeah. matter of fact, very often right now. I have no idea what she's actually about. So I'm sure we'll find I, out. She's either going to wind up being a killer or she's got 10 bodies in her closet. Who knows? Yeah. But or she has I, nothing I, to do with anything. And, and Cassie's gone down a rabbit hole. Wow. Okay. I love that guess. Oh my god, I love that guest. I'm not 100% caught up, so I might be an episode behind on that. So hopefully I'm not speaking out there. Um, I can't remember. Uh, I want to talk about the final run of Ozark because, holy crap, it hit me hard. And Andy, were you caught up? Did you get to I don't know. I haven't that? seen this latest, the, these final episodes yet. I... Um, I started one and then I just was like, I, I, this darkness I can't quite do right now. So I think that's when I switched to Grace and Frankie. But tell, tell us, what, what did you think of these final um, episodes? Of well, you know, the final seven episodes just dropped and they're very strong. And this is a show um, that it hasn't, oh, it isn't consistent. Yeah. It's always got the same vibe. It's always got kind of that same dark vibe. And you, you, it's very... I think you've got to be in the headspace to watch it. For me, it kind of lives and breathes on the secondary ca characters, the Julia Garner, um, and I'm, I guess, uh, uh, is it Timothy, the guy that played her brother, um, the guy that played 
Um, Alfrey, who played Ben. Yes. Who played Ben, her brother. Yes. Um, you mean Wendy's brother, Ben? I mean Wendy. Yes, sorry. I mean Wendy's brother. He was so brilliant. I think his name is Timothy something. I can't remember. Tom Pelfrey, and he's dating Kaylee Coco. Tom Pelfrey is, oh my God. Tom Pelfrey was so brilliant. And the woman that played the um, kind of, you know, big financial bigwig, the blonde British chick is- Oh, the icy lawyer. The icy lawyer. She was fantastic. So anyway, for me, like that was the peak with those two characters. And then when we get back into Wendy and what's his face, it gets a little like, okay, we've, they're just, it's it's pretty bleak. I'll share this much. The great thing about Wendy and Marty right now is they are in deep with the Mexican drug cartel. And there's a whole family in that cartel that they have to deal with. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know if people talk about Laura Linney enough because Wendy Bird has become so incredibly hard, hard hearted and She's very decisive and she's so desperate to get her family out of this situation and sort of away from the whole business. But you definitely realize, yeah, this just is probably not going to be possible. Jason Bateman is great more because he is like the steady, he is the steady as she goes person, even though he has moments where he's very upset. But yes, I think this final run belongs to Julia Garner, no doubt. And I think she will get nominated and I think she will deserve the nomination. You've won twice. I mean, I she just was is... researching who's won Emmys for this and Julia Garner's won two wow. Emmys for this role. Isn't that amazing? And I think it, you know, props to the writers as well, because, you know, the way they write Ruth and how completely you understand the heartbreak that she feels and you understand her drive. So just credit to the crew for that. I thought it was a very strong finish for this series. I don't know at this point, I can't say if I would ever go back and like watch it all again, but very, very strong, you know, really good, really good. So if you're ever in the mood, Andy, I definitely. Oh, I'll definitely finish it. For me, it's like, I always, it's like, if I look at like a Better Call Saul, this is a notch below Better Call Saul in terms of just overall perfection, excellence. But it is a show I do find a lot of, you know, joy, joy is the wrong word, but I find a lot of satisfaction from it once I do watch it. So I definitely will. Yeah, there's no joy in Ozark. Joy is not the right word. But I will say. Say, there was a there was a moment in episode eleven of this season where I literally said out loud, "Okay, that's brilliant." Oh, cool! And I say that very often when I watch things. So okay. I'm going to leave it at that because I'm so spoiler averse. I am afraid to say almost anything because it also the other thing I really enjoy. Okay, last thing, I really enjoy the no one here gets out alive vibe. That's not really true. I'm not telling you anything that happened, but that's how it feels. That's how it feels. That's how the tension feels. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, that's definitely how I felt. I I feel like I going back into it. I'm like, there's no way this ends with anything good. But you know what? Breaking Bad, you know, there are shows that pull it off and still make you think, God, that was freaking brilliant how they ended this, even though it's bleak as hell. Um, I'm dying to see. 
Better Call Saul is going to wrap up because they're yeah. you know, oh, they're yeah. start. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, but speaking of more tension, um, I have I continue to be blown away by this season of Barry on HBO. Also, of course, streaming on HBO Max because each successive episode is more intense than the last. And this week, this past Sunday's episode, I think is definitely an Emmy submission for Bill Hader on the acting front. He is still trying to make amends with his acting coach, Gene, who can no longer teach, of course. The school is kaput uh, because he killed Gene's love, Janice, the police detective, if you remember. And Barry is so desperate to make up for what he's done. But we see a completely different side of Gene. And I got to say, Henry Winkler heading for yet another Emmy nomination as well. Um, again, this, this season is already so full of tension. Anytime the two of them are in a scene, it's just so full of tension, you know, props to, uh, Bill Hader and Alec Berg, because the writing again is so on point and so, so good. Um, the other is audience favorite, NoHo Hank played by Anthony Kerrigan is in a same sex relationship with his fellow cartel employee, uh, Cristobal. And we see that we get these wonderful, these, this wonderful scene of the two of them together and trying to make plans with each other. Of course, making plans never works out. Um, boy, there's so much in the show. There's so much good. And Sarah Goldberg is terrific as well as Barry's love interest. I'm dying to know how long that will last. Um, but, and you got to catch up because we have to be able to talk about it. It's just so good. Yeah, I'm way behind on Barry, but I will. Uh, I I'll get there. I'll get there because I. It's like it's a show that has been a uh, slow burn for me. But when I do sit down and watch, it's it's not. It's just nothing about it kind of speaks to me like my typical stuff that I like. But when I sit down and watch it, I do recognize how brilliant it is and how great Bill Hader is. So fair enough. You can't bit. love everything. Stretch, cool. stretch for me. Um, and then I know we're going to probably talk about Grace and Frankie in a bit more depth next week because Diane hasn't gotten through all the new episodes. I, yeah, I think I'm maybe but, halfway through the final episodes. Yeah, I'm just uh, on cloud nine from the ending are of you, Grace and Are Frankie. you as in love with June Diane Raphael as I am? I, well, I First of all, I'm obsessed with June Diane Ra- Raphael, Raphael, as she says it. I've been obsessed with her for a long time. I listen to her podcast every week with Jessica St. Clair called The Deep Dive, and it is my favorite podcast in the entire world. I think she's so brilliant. She's so funny. She's so acerbic and witty and smart as hell, and kind of her character on Grace and Frankie is who she really is. So that is you're, you're, what you see is what you get there. Um, but I, I'm very obsessed. I heard that June Diane has an idea for a spinoff for her mm-hmm. Grace and Frank yes. character. All over it. And she wouldn't say what it is, but kind of sight unseen. I'm like, Netflix should really do this. Don't you think? Oh, my God. Yes, please. Well, I also heard, heard somebody somewhere told me that uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda have a deal to do some movies together. I have not heard that. Oh my god! So not not. I don't think it's Grace and Frankie related. I think it's like a different concept. But you know, they um, it's it's just they. It's heart. This last season is heartfelt. It's funny as hell. 
it lets them just be the weirdo wacky people that they are and what and it to me you know it's it's got golden girl vibes in the in in as much as you have hope about being older there's always time to change there's always time for joy there's always time to do things your own way and um I, 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 anyway, after I finished, I've started it all over from the beginning and it's probably my third rewatch. So it is becoming my wow. kind of Golden Girls-ish thing that I can just watch. And once you've seen it, you don't have to pay tons of attention to it. You can just enjoy the the wackiness of it. So just- I think a rewatch is a compliment to a show. When you want to yeah. rewatch something, I think that's a huge compliment. I, I find yeah. it just to be an absolutely joyful show. It's Netflix's longest running, as we've heard many times, because Netflix gets right. so flack for canceling things after two or three seasons, and this somehow has like made it to seven, and seven. thank God for that. That's right. And speaking of joyful, uh, the second season of Girls 5 Eva just dropped. Oh, I can't wait. I, that's a, talk about another underrated show that needs more love and more watches. That's a great show. So smart. So funny. I'm such a fan because it's from Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, two of my favorite TV creators who did 30 Rock and who are doing yeah, Mr. Mayor, which is on NBC. And I don't know how many people watch Mr. Mayor. Probably not a lot. But I got to tell you, the jokes on Mr. Mayor it is worth that half hour. Just there's so many jokes packed into a half hour. It's fantastic. And Girls 5 Eva is the same way besides having just such a wildly talented cast. Alan, oh my God. Every person on it is perfection. Right? Who's right? the older actress that played that? I can't remember that her name. That is but. the fabulous Paula Pell who used to write. Oh, on she's so funny. And she was also on AP Bio. She was the, she was that's the assistant right. uh, to the principal on AP Bio, and is just literally one of the funniest actresses around. Just yeah. such a great mind. It's, it's and about so a, shows about an aging girl band that had one hit, and they're trying. What well, one hit wonder girl band, and they're reuniting at about what forty years old. Although you know the Paula Pell character looks probably yeah, Paula Pell's older, but the rest of them are around. That's 40-ish. part of the joke is that she didn't age as well, but it's. It is just a, it's a really clever show. And it's the Tina Fey, a joke every five seconds thing, you know, like 30 Rock, where you're like, oh my God, another one, a visual gag. Uh, just, it's just exactly. nonstop funny, but like also, you know, it's got some heart to it. And I, I yeah, it's a great one. I can't and wait. When is that also, coming back? Uh, it's, I believe today. I oh. believe today. Oh, the day I don't know if it's all dropped at once. It might be coming back weekly. I need to check on that. But I do know there should be at least one new episode for uh, to watch today on Peacock. Cool. Um, the other the other comedy I, I need to mention is called I Love That For You on Showtime. And it stars Vanessa Bayer, Jennifer Lewis, and the always fabulous Molly Shannon. Oh, God, she's and, had a big moment. She's been making oh, an interview tour with her book. The book. Yeah, and anything, fascinating woman. Anything she does, because she is magic. And um, Vanessa Bayer plays a character who's always had the ambition to be a shopping network hostess. Like, that, that's been her big dream ever since she was a little kid. And she had, like, leukemia when she was a child. So that was sort of her battle during childhood. And this show is about when she gets a chance at her dream. Molly Shannon is the superstar host 
on a channel and Jennifer Lewis owns the whole company. Episode one is now streaming on the Showtime Anytime app and a new, new episodes are going to air weekly on Showtime. So May 8th is when episode two is going to drop. I just have to and- my commentary about, you know, streaming platforms. Uh, Showtime is one of these ones that needs to merge with something else because it's a hard one to justify for me to do on its own as a standalone subscription. And it's yeah. cheap. It's probably in the $15 range. And if it was just part of Hulu or something else, like the way HBO combined with, you know, Warners to make this giant streaming platform, I just feel like these shows would be so much more accessible. But I I do really want to watch. I love that for you. It's going to wind up being part, I think, part of Paramount Plus because it's all going to be under the Paramount umbrella. Oh, interesting. Okay. I believe so. I believe so. And I will be watching the Upfronts presentations in mid-May. So I will uh, explain more about that as we get closer. Oh, cool. But okay. there, might, there might be some news coming out of that. Awesome. Um, also back on Showtime, Z-Way is back with her popular talk show, and, you know, which is all about Z-Way, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, she had Charlemagne the God on for her first, uh, her first episode back for season two. And honestly, the way this woman puts people in their in their place is glorious. You know, that and I think Jesus and Miro are like two of my favorite comedy shows. Just talk. They're just incredible personalities. And I'm really glad Z-Way is back. Um, I think today's final item, The Staircase just dropped. The first three episodes just dropped on HBO Max. Um, Andy, did you watch the original Staircase documentary? I did, and I'm pretty sure I've also listened to a podcast about it as well, or maybe several, <laughs> maybe several episodes on different shows about it. And this is the, I mean, this story is so wild and so bizarre. I mean, and how it's still unsolved. It's still unsolved, right? I mean, basically. No, I, I, I thought he went to jail. We need to read up on this um, because I watched the original documentary series when it aired years ago on Sundance, but I haven't rewatched it. I'm just going to kind of, I'm just jumping into this version, which is a dramatic telling of the story. Right. I can't remember what that, where where things stand right now, but it's one that people have always had very strong opinions about whether or not he did it. And that's carried on for, you know, decades. Years. Plus. Years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this, this is the one where so, it's like maybe the bird flew in the thing and she might have fallen down. It's the owl theory. The owl. Which you will see in the second episode. You will, you will see that. Yeah. I've watched the first two. And I got to tell you, you know, it's always worth watching Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Oh, yeah. Those two actors never give a bad performance. No. And also, just uh, just pointing out, there's also a, a grown-up, Dane DeHaan, who I don't know if he's... I, I mean, I remember him when he was doing roles when he was younger. Great to see him. He plays one of the kids. Um, it's a beautiful production. It looks fantastic. Uh, the, the first two episodes, very strong. So I'm I'll be watching all of it. I'm definitely... You know, my mind needs to be refreshed. So I'm definitely going to be watching. And again, that is on HBO Max. First three episodes are now streaming. Oh, there's so much more coming in May, but I think we're going to have to hit pause there. Hacks. Um, 
I'll, I'll, interject, I'll interject because Hacks is, you know, perhaps my all-time favorite show at this point. I don't know if that might, maybe not quite, but um, that's you know back next week. And I'm just going to give a little tease. I've seen some of it and it's even stronger than season one. And I have rewatched season one many times. Ah, yes. Okay. But more about that next week. Please, oh, please, won't you tell us what you're watching, what you think of the show? We, we always want to hear from you. I am at the Surf Report on Twitter and Instagram. We have our What's the Hook with Diane and Andy on Facebook page. Feel free to leave some comments there. Andy, tell the people where to find you. I'm seriously Andy on Instagram, and I deleted my Twitter when Elon Musk oh, took over. I wasn't much of a Twitter user anyway, so it wasn't a huge gesture, but I just thought I would take a break from Twitter. <laughs> but please follow us give us your feedback tell your friends um and and thank you for listening we really appreciate it